You can support this podcast on patreon.com forward slash firstpawmedia. Here's to the adventure-seeking dog mushers out there. The hundreds of you who stand on the runners dreaming and thinking about the northern lights. Of course, there is something else you can do if you've got something to say. Start a podcast with First Paw Media and harness your creative side. Maybe even earn enough money. Enough money to tell yourself, hey, I'm not just a dog musher. I'm a rover. I'm a wanderer. I'm a voyager. I'm an explorer. Visit firstpaw.media. Mush on over today. Radio Free Palmer 89.5 KVRF presents Mushing Radio, hosted by Robert Forto. Mushing Radio is about dog-powered sports, living in the Great White North, and mushing. Visit our website at mushingradio.com. Here is your host, Robert Forto. Hello and welcome, everybody. This is Robert, and I am joined by my co-host, Tony, and we are doing Mushing Radio, and tonight we have a special guest calling in. He is the Iditarod Rookie of the Year, Eddie Burke Jr. Tony, how's it going tonight? Going really well. I'm really excited to be doing another one of these interviews. Yes. Eddie, how's it going? I understand you're calling in from Anchorage. Yep, it's going well here. I'm back in the big city and um, (laughs) away from Nina for a little while, but uh, everything's going well. So, Eddie, I'm sure everybody that follows Iditarod uh, is a fan of yours. But if you could, can you give us a quick bio? Tell us who you are and what you're all about, please. Well, I'm uh, born and raised Alaskan. Uh, I started running dogs probably five years ago. Started racing competitively um, three years ago. Or this, yeah, this was my third year racing. Um, I've been operating out of uh, wild style racing in Ninana, which is uh, owned by Aaron Burmeister and Tony Browning. And yeah, that's that's kind of the, the gist of it. All right, well, let's kick this off. Tony, what is the first question you have for Eddie? So Eddie, you just said that um, you've been running dogs for about five years. And I think most of Iditarod fans, at least the really diehard ones, got to know you before you were running dogs when you had your social media platform, I think it was called Table 200. How does one go from Table 200 to running the Iditarod and coming in as Rookie of the Year? (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's it's definitely been a wild ride. Um, I don't know. The process has been pretty crazy. (laughs) So it doesn't really make sense to me. But, um, yeah, I mean, I went to the banquet one night and – because some friends and I were betting on Iditarod. And at this point I had no knowledge of Iditarod besides like the few little basics, you know, I mean, I knew some of the big names, but that was about it. Um, So I guess, but there at that banquet, I had the opportunity to meet a lot of mushers and, you know, make friends and got invited out to some kennels. And so I just started started running dogs on my free time kind of more of a weekend warrior I guess uh, musher and you know through that process it um, became a little more serious and I was just trying to be a sponge and soak up all the info I possibly could and I ended up meeting Aaron and that's kind of when things you know went to a another level 
and I got even more serious about it. I quit my job um, with the municipality as a equipment operator and truck driver and um, moved to Ninana and kind of just changed my my life and made some sacrifices and yeah, dumped everything into it. So my first question with that is, what is the deal with Table 200? I remember several years ago, you were really active, of course, during Iditarod. I, I used to show uh, share our podcast over there, and you'd share it away uh, during during the offs or during the during the race there. But what is Table 200? Is that just the table number of the banquet or what? Yeah. So our first year attending um, with the group of friends um, that I went with, we were at the 200th table. Gotcha. We back in the corner by the bathroom. So like, <laughs> <laughs> All right. we had the worst, we had the worst table in the house. And when we were going around asking all the mushers, these different questions and um, you know, we were, I guess, pretty forward as well. So they weren't used to all this. And, you know, everybody's like, who are you guys? And I, in my drunken state, I just yelled out, we're table 200. And then it just stuck from there. So, so Eddie, you, you had mentioned that you are a lifelong Alaskan. Obviously you followed mushing uh, throughout your life, uh, especially during Iditarod time. But what did it take to get uh, to your late 20s, early 30s? I know you said you just sort of fell into it by showing up at that banquet. But had you ever thought about this uh, growing up a kid as a kid here in Alaska? Not one bit. I mean, you know, <laughs> of course, I, you know, I, I thought it was uh, it was a, you know, cool sport. and uh, But I really didn't pay too close of attention to it. I didn't follow it. You know, I've always loved dogs and things like that. And I've always been, um, you know, a competitive person and an athlete. But I I did a rod was just not on my radar. And I think it, you know, for a lot of young people, it's really not. And I just, my buddies were the ones that took me to that banquet. And they were like, hey, you're you're in our fantasy league. And I'm just (laughs) like, okay. You know, and I was, I was voluntold basically. And so when I went, I was like, okay, well, if I'm in this thing, I want to try to win some money. So I got serious and I started researching. And then once I started talking to the mushers and, you know, I got around the race up, up close and personal, then it's like, you got to really see what went into it, the passion, the dogs. And then that's where I was just hooked and I was in love and it was rest is history. Right, right. So, Tony, before you ask your next question, this story here is remarkable. You know, you typically hear folks getting started in mm-hmm. mushing where there'll be an I did a rider or they'll take a ride uh, on one of the glacier tours or something. But I had never thought about a guy just sort of stumbling into it <laughs> uh, by uh, getting drugged to the to the banquet with with a couple of his buddies. That That's a cool story for sure. What else do you have for Eddie? So you you said that you're you're back home in Anchorage. You're uh, not in the Nana for a while. Are you sticking with Aaron and Tony uh, next season? Because I know you told Insider that you're not one and done. That this is going to be something that you continue. Are you sure of where you're going to be next year, or is it still all up in the air? Um, well, I will no longer be with Wild Style Racing. Okay. Uh, I will be on my own. I've acquired some property in Willow. 
Um, I've already acquired dogs. So there's been, I guess there's a lot in the works right now. I got another 14 dogs that I'm working on finalizing a deal with. So um, everything is in motion for me to have my own kennel and uh, to be working towards running Iditarod next year. Now Very that, cool. that Eddie sounds like a more traditional <laughs> uh, musher trajectory right there. You run the race, you buy a house or a property and get a few dogs. I think that's where a lot of folks come in involved for sure. So my next question, uh, Eddie, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, Dallas CV made headlines with, with, uh, with his famous sweater that got its own Twitter account and was a fan favorite and people are still posting pictures about that. And of course there was a heck of a lot of talk about uh, your famous hairstyle that you have. And I remember back in the day I had one that looked very similar to yours. I don't know if you've cut it since I did a rod or what, but I guess my, my question is first off, are you a hockey fan? Because at the time of this release, we are in the middle of the Stanley cup playoffs. And then secondly, what is the deal with the hair because it is rocking. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, uh, my hair seemed to get more attention than my mushing abilities throughout the race. <laughs> um, it's just I I I've, I guess I've had this hairstyle on and off like since I was a kid, um, and I I got kind of crazy curly hair, so I guess it stands out. But I'm rocking the mullet still, and uh, I think at this point I I couldn't cut it if I wanted to. Um, too many people out there telling me that that I can't, and it's uh, it's my trademark look now. It 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 is definitely cool for sure. And those uh, ceremonial start photos are probably some of my favorites. I know Tony caught a couple of you. She's a I don't know if you know this, but she's a photographer, <laughs> and uh, a lot of her photos ha have made their rounds for sure. And we'll probably use one of those for the show art. So Tony, what's up for uh, Eddie on your next question? Well, I just I just have to say that I think I think he's seen um, my comments about when he was signing up for Iditarod and how many of the fans that were there, they kept pointing him out because of the hair saying that he looked like the mushing version of Jon Snow from I think Game of Thrones. So I just, I just, that's one of my favorite stories from the mushing uh, picnic or the musher picnic last year. But um, for questions to go back to being serious or, or at least go back to Iditarod, what was uh, what most surprised you, Eddie, about the trail? Because I know that we chatted a little bit on Instagram before the race started, and you were pretty confident in your abilities and what to expect for the most part. You felt pretty coached up and pretty prepared. But was there anything that that surprised you other than you know falling off the sled and, and having to deal with that? But anything else on the trail that um, really kind of came out of left field, positive, negative, or otherwise? Well, you know, I really tried to not really ask any questions or too many questions about the trail because it seems like you, you can kind of get, you can go down like a rabbit hole with all that stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and get maybe psyched out a bit or, you know, you, you ask one person how this <laughs> section is and they'll tell you a story and you ask another musher and they'll tell you something completely different. So I guess for me, I was just like, Hey, I'll take it. 
one run at a time and I'll figure it out as I go. The trail was obviously, you know, it's a challenging trail. It's a tough trail. It was a little more hilly than I expected. The coast is a lot more hilly than I expected. I mean, there's some good climbs in that race. (laughs) And that's just not something that's really talked about. And, you know, I've done the Quest 300 with, you know, Eagle Summit and Rosebud. And I mean, there's, you know, Iditarod definitely has some, some, uh, some good climbs all throughout that race. Uh, Not just going through Rainy Pass or, and not just, you know, the Topcock Hills, you know, coming into Nome. It's, you got good climbs all throughout. Um, I think I was blessed with some good uh, trail conditions as well as far as going through the gorge and you know there is the steps we we kind of I don't know I guess there's a trail <laughs> that kind of avoids one of the last little cliffs I, I mean it's a cliff <laughs> basically <laughs> um, but it wasn't well marked so we all ended up I guess just kind of going off this pretty steep drop mm-hmm. so um, some of that was kind of surprising through there, but I mean, I, I think it was all um, enjoyable. It wasn't like out of control or crazy or anything like that. You know, like I said, the trail conditions were, were pretty good. It was an extremely mogully trail. So it was kind of a, you know, a rough beat em up type of trail, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was uh I thought it was a fun trail to uh, to go down, and uh, it definitely had its challenges. Uh, Tony, do you have a follow up to that? No, he he hit a lot. Other than the cliff thing, just because I am so afraid of heights, I'm just kind of stuck on that. That he's like, yeah, there's just a cliff at the end of that whole thing. So nonchalant. <laughs> I, I I he you know he says he's only been mushing for five years, but it sounds like this has been his entire life. It's like yeah, it was no big deal. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, uh, Eddie, rookie of the year, that, that's a big honor in, in Iditarod. You know, when you're thinking of other sports, whether it be football or hockey or whatever, uh, the rookie of the year always gets accolades. Can you tell us a little bit about that award and what it means to you? I, the award is um, it's definitely something special to receive. It's I mean, it, I'd be lying to say if it wasn't a goal. I, I definitely wanted to have that honor and win Rookie of the Year. And it was a uh, rewarding experience for sure. So, I mean, I'm I'm extremely happy with my performance. Um, and, and Hunter Keith gave me a, a good run for it as well. So it was really fun having, having that um, – you know, competitiveness with him all, all throughout the trail, it seemed like, um, I was just waiting for him to fall back, but he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't leave me alone. (laughs) Interestingly enough, Eddie, we're going to be talking to Hunter in just a couple of days before I take off. So I'll be interested to hear what his take is on it as well. So let's jump over to a couple of questions that aren't necessarily, I did a rod related. I'm reading your I did a rod bio on iditarod.com and it says that you enjoy spending time with your daughter and my daughter, Nicole and I pretty much started in this, in this mushing thing together uh, along with our other kids, but she really took to it and ended up running two 
Junior, I did her odds. In fact, she was the one that uh, texted her mom here in this very living room when she was back in Denver and said, Mom, we're moving to Alaska when she was 12 years old. So there is a relationship there that has some mushing roots. So I guess the question is, is there any hopes, desires, wants, needs of having your daughter follow along in dad's footsteps one day? She's definitely curious about it. You know, and right now everything's just been kind of uh, positive and fun. You know, um, she hasn't had to do too much of the <laughs> the the grunt work of things, you know. So we'll see as she gets older and um, how she, you know, how much of a responsibility and role she wants to play in things. But I'm going to leave it up to her. Um, of course, I will fully support her. Um, if she decides to get into the dog life, but hopefully, hopefully she doesn't and save me some money. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and how old is she, Eddie? She's 10. Okay. All right. So it's just in time for that uh, Willow Jr. 100 ran right here in our backyard. If, if, if she does get the inkling for sure. So uh, Tony, yep. Tony, what's your next question? Um. Actually, I think we're kind of to the end. I, I guess I want to go back a little bit to Iditarod. Um, I'm curious as to how it is dealing with the media, especially like Iditarod Insider. When you're running up front as the Rookie of the Year, you start getting attention from Greg Heister and, and Bruce Lee and the team. That's different than what you see in all of these qualifying races that you had to do to get to Iditarod. Is it, you know, depending on the musher, some of them say it's a, it's a hassle to have to do the interviews. We talked to Ryan Reddington um, the other day, and he was like, well, you know, I, I told him some things about how I thought my team wasn't ready this year, and they kind of left me alone after that, and that was his whole plan. Was it fun to be in the spotlight of an insider and having them ask you questions in the checkpoints, or were you – more of a, you know, just let me let me work with the dogs and I'll talk to you guys in Nome. There's, you know, there's, I guess, the pros and cons of it. Um, you know, the insider's there to help promote the sport and showcase what we do. So, you know, I'm more than willing and happy to uh, take a few minutes <laughs> and talk about the race. Um, <laughs> these guys are out there busting their butt and they're sleeping just about as much as we are so <laughs> um you know it's enjoyable to to kind of share our stories and give a little input or um what have you throughout the throughout the race but uh, obviously it is a distraction you know whether you're on the checkpoint or you're out camping on the trail it seems like they're always there <laughs> you know <they're, laughs> here comes the insider crew and you know, it it might take five ten minutes um, from you know your your uh, your nap time, but hey, uh, to me it's it's worth it. And anything I can do to you know keep promoting the sport and um, promoting it is yeah, it's uh, I'm all for it. So, Eddie, just a time for a couple of other questions. Uh, quickly, can you share a quick dog story? I know that you were running with somebody else's dogs, but I'm sure you built up, uh, built up a bond with a couple of them. Do you have a favorite story, a favorite dog, maybe something that uh, the other media hasn't asked you about? You know, uh, yep, these uh, 
these dogs, you know, they're all owned by Aaron and Tony. Um, but half of them, half of this team was, was raised, basically raised and trained by myself. Um, you know, I took them to their very first dog race. They took me to my very first dog race. So we kind of started this whole journey to, together. And out of my seven finishers, three of them were out of that group. And they're just an incredible, incredible crew, um, really talented dogs. And obviously that uh, I was a proud dad. You know, they're, they're at the finish line to have three of those Iditarod rookies um, finish. I, I mean, if I have a, a favorite dog out of the kennel, it's, it's my lead dog, Blunt. Um, he ended up not finishing, but he's started in lead and finished in lead in um, every race I've basically done over the past three years. Um, he's, in my opinion, the most talented dog in the kennel. And uh, he's just one of those lead dogs that do exceptional things up there that um, you, you don't like you can't train him. You know, you can't train a dog to do these things and he just does them naturally. And uh, so I'd say Blunt is my my all time favorite out of the kennel. But, uh, you know, the rest of these guys, they're they're all incredible. I like it. I love hearing the dog stories, and I know Tony does as well. So, Eddie, before we go, we always ask our guests the same question here on Mushing Radio, and I would like to hear your perspective. And that is, I know you've only been involved with this sport for a half a decade or so, five years or so, as you mentioned. But what are your thoughts on the future of the sport? Say, where do you see the sport in five years or even a decade from now? You know, I mean, I I hope. I hope to see the sport, you know, kind of take a turn. And um, I hope to see more participation in races, um, especially in Iditarod, you know, things. I think mid-distance is alive and well. It's awesome to see these uh, junior races and these junior mushers still in it and having fun and uh, being competitive and successful. So, you know, that gives me a lot of hope. But Obviously, some, you know, Iditarod's not in the greatest state right now as far as participants, but, I, you know, I just hope, um, you know, maybe some other people out there that were almost in the same boat as me, you know, just if you got an interest in mushing, I'd say just go for it. I mean, if this is something you're passionate about, um, go all in and uh, be running Iditarod too. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully we, we see things pick up. So you had mentioned you got some dogs, you got some property here in Willow. I'm looking still on Iditarod.com and it says 331 days, 15 hours and five minutes before the next race. (laughs) Are we going to see you at the starting line or is it too early to tell? No, you'll see me there. I'm going to find a way to make it there no matter what. Uh, Like I said, I, you know, I just... I finalized one deal with five dogs. I bought another dog from Jesse Holmes that uh, actually finished with me. Um, and I did a rod. He was a two-year-old and it was his very first dog race, actually. Um, so just purchased that dog from Jesse Holmes. And I got another 14 that I'm finalizing. So, I mean, I'm going to be there. I'm, uh, I'm all in, I'm committed to this and I'm passionate about this sport. And, you know, I, I want to, 
obviously be successful. And I think the, the end goal is to bring home the big trophy. I like it. So uh, I know that you are very active on social media. I think I reached out to you on Instagram, but of course, uh, we all follow you just about everywhere to keep in touch with you guys. So I guess before you tell us where you're most active or where can folks find you, do you have a, a kennel name yet for for your new crew? Is that still something in the making? I haven't gotten that far yet. It was funny. Um, I was talking to, to Pete Kaiser last night, and he told me I should name it Chicken Bone Racing. And there's a story behind that from when we were in Bethel uh, a few years ago, but <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to take his suggestion and go with chicken bone racing, but, um, I don't know. I'll have to kick some ideas around. All right. So I, I'm dying to hear the story about chicken bone racing, but we can do that on our next interview for sure. So, uh, Eddie, how can folks find you on social? Where's, where's your most active spot at? And, uh, of course, if people have questions or whatever. Um, yeah, people can reach out to me, um, anytime they want. I, I, I do my best at trying to check my inboxes, but Instagram is probably where I'm most active. I believe it's Eddie B jr. And I should be pretty easy to find on there. And then of course, Eddie Burke jr. Wild style racing is, uh, my, um, kennel page you know racing page there on facebook or eddie burke jr as well as my uh, personal page on facebook so yeah people can reach out to me on any platform and i'll do my best all right well in uh in uh, behalf of our guest tonight eddie burke and my co-host tony this is robert for mushing radio we will see you guys next time goodbye from dog works radio this is mushing radio We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we invite you to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll find a link on the episode notes. You can tap or swipe on the episode cover art, and you'll see some offers from our sponsors. You can support our show by supporting them. If you like what you have heard, we would love it if you could give us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe, too. Your host is Robert Forto. Our producers are Michelle Forto, Alex Stein, and Tony Ryder. Our executive producer is Robert Forto. Created for DogWorks Radio and First Paw Media.